ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Green flag is in the air. Talladega Super Speedway. Triple overtime here at Talladega. The gloves are off right now. It's time to get this thing done. It's all. Noah Gregson leading off the end of the backstretch. Bottom, bottom. Bottom. Come to the here. And Noah Gregson across the line, and he will score the win. Yes, sir. Let's go. Thank you, guys. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> How good is that? Jason Anderson on the return to Massachusetts. Anderson wins at Foxborough, Faulkner, and Lawrence. This was meant to be the season-long head-to-head clash. Faulkner gets the main event win. Lawrence gets the championship. We're on board then with Juan Mir Suzuki, looking back to Jack Miller, who's going to power that Ducati on by here in Portimao, is he? It's a game of chess on the brakes down into the first goal. Oh, oh, no! Miller! Miller on the front end, losing the front, trying to find a way through up the inside. But well, here comes Fabio Quattararo. It has been picture perfect in Portugal for the reigning world champion. He's the winner of the Tiso Grand Prix of Portugal in utterly dominant fashion. Motor 2 World Championship is go here in Portimao. Oh, he's going. Oh, no, what's oh, up The top three men have all gone down. Oh, they're all down. Oh, they're all going down. It's chaos. That was a horrible sight. All riders conscious then. The race red flagged. It's take two. Smoking Joe Roberts, who wins a first American race in the Intermediate World Championship since 1990. Opportunity knocked, and Joe Roberts answered the call. 29 times this race has been decided by a last lap pass. Kyle Larson, big push. Here comes the big energy. One back, quarterback. Going to have to block. Does it go to the outside? Going to have to. Here he goes. Steaming to the line. Ross Chastain will win the Geico 500. Ross just kept it straight. Holy cow. I told you, it's like he just held it straight. He comes sailing through. Come out here and eat some. Hi, everyone, and welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Marty Snyder, the Professor Nate Ryan. We are happy to have the current Xfinity Series championship leader, A.J. Allmendinger, also finished third at Talladega this weekend, also former TV guy here to hang out with us this weekend. So you remember how to do this TV thing? You still got it down pat, you think? I'm working on it. I, I do remember now how <laughs> Conference tough, calls? Yeah, I do remember how tough Charlotte traffic is. It, oh, it, yeah. It got the anxiety up like Talladega again. So, like, it, I, knew, I knew it's been a while since I've been here, but 
I'll figure it out. Making the drive down Highway 16 from Denver, North Carolina to Charlotte can be challenging at times. Lots to come on the show today. One of our favorite guests, Justin Marks, co-owner of Trackhouse Racing. He will be with us shortly. Also a bit later, our Dustin Long will check in on the biggest off-track news, really the Kyle Busch contract situation, which kind of came out of nowhere this weekend. Dustin Long was all over that. We will talk with Dustin Long from NBCSports.com. And, of course, we want to hear from you guys. 844-NASCAR-NBC is how you reach us. You can also chat with our guests. We'll get in as many phone calls as we can. So, AJ, your thoughts? We saw the highlights there. Crazy cup race this weekend. Your buddy Ross Chastain, career win number two, win number two of the year. You know, it's funny to me that the winning move of the race was really not making a move at all, which yeah. was that's, that very rarely happens, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and when the seas part like that, like I, I'm trying to figure out how I can get a race like that. Like <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like in the Xfinity series so far, at all these super speedways, I had to make so many blocks that have not worked out. But yeah, I mean it's it just it worked out as perfect as you could hope. There, as, as we saw, really, I think two things happened: the run that Kyle Larson was getting, getting pushed by Ross Chastain, and then as Kyle moves, he catches Kurt Busch. Slows his momentum down. Mm -hmm. Eric goes to block that. Ross has got all the momentum. Really never has to make a move and gets to the start finish line there. And you can see the confidence that Trackhouse and especially Ross Chastain are really starting to build this year. And we were just talking about on the podcast, AJ, that will be out uh, later tonight, about how you've watched Ross evolve as a driver. You've been a teammate of his at College Racing. And we were talking about how certainly he's shown patience. And you have to have patience to win a race like that at Talladega. But he's still got... A little bit of an oh. edge to him. And we were talking about how, you know, Kyle Larson felt like he kind of got snookered a little bit, even though Ross was proclaiming innocence. He still made a move, even without making a move, to kind of win that race. Oh, Ross will still make a move, as I found out at Coda. Like, <laughs> like he's, he's not just going to ease into it. But, uh, you know, what stands out to me is, is really what Ross did through that race. And we saw here, we know Ross is going to do what he needs to do as he made everybody split him knowing that he was going to have to race for the free passes he went a lap down there. So he's still going to make some bold moves. But what stood out to me was there was a chance for Ross to go behind the 43 car when Eric Jones went to the outside lane, had momentum. Ross said, you know what, no, that's not the right time. I'm going to kind of lay back here on the inside lane. Felt like that was his best opportunity. And because of that, gave himself the best chance to win the race without ever having to make a move. So Ross... As he has won now a second race, mm-hmm. I feel like that pressure's off his shoulders from himself of having to really prove himself every time he's in a race car. And with the track house success, that organization is really strong. Ross is starting to make that organization his own. And I feel like this is dangerous for the rest of the field because the more confidence Ross gains in himself, the worst it's going to be for everybody else. Of course, everybody talking also about Eric Jones, who had kind of command of the race seemingly on the white flag lap. Anything you could have done different, AJ? We're going to break it down in much more detail later, but the basics of it, I know you feel for him. He's going to be analyzing the end of this race, but anything he could have done different? I mean, it's hindsight. Sure, you can look back and say, oh, if I would have just stayed low, but Eric Jones doesn't see what Ross is doing behind Kyle Larson. All he sees is Kyle Larson in his mirror. You know, you see the push right here, and this is what the worst thing that happened was it separates the field as Kurt makes that move. That's the worst thing that could happen for Eric Jones because now we see the lead he gains four car lengths without mm-hmm. ever even seeing it in his mirror. Now the run happens. and this point, he just sees the five have a run. He's going to block it. Well, sure. Like, it's easy to say, man, he right. should have just stayed low now. But you learn from those things. But in that moment, you're making the best move you think is possible to go win the race. And it didn't work out for Eric Jones. But... Uh, 
I think they're going to have more opportunities this year. They're, they're actually having some really decent runs. Yeah, and Jones talked about that afterward, that he feels as if this can translate to the non-super speedway races. They can build off of this confidence. But again, I'm struck by watching that. I mean, both Larson and Jones are doing something based off what Chastain is doing in third. Larson's going high because he thinks Chastain is moving high, and then Jones moves high because he thinks Larson's moving high. And it's just, it's like almost a Jedi mind trick <laughs> type pass <laughs> for, for Chastain. And this, you know, something actually just watching right there that stood out to me, this is what makes Talladega a lot different than Daytona. Because Eric, if he's at Daytona, now take it, let alone the start-finish line being way further down. Correct. But Daytona is so much more narrow right. than Talladega right. is. So Eric at that point feels like, okay, if it's Daytona, I only have to block a little bit and I can get back down. Day- Talladega being so wide, that's what really hurt that. He had to try to really go up there and block Kyle Larson. By that point, there was nothing he's going to do about Ross Chastain. And it's just the move you make in that moment. Sure, you look back say, I wish I wouldn't have made that move. But in that moment, he felt that was the right move to make to try to win the race. AJ, you must be a superstar. The lines are jammed. They yeah, it must have been with you, that my man. must have been it, yes. <laughs> we'll start with Eric in Illinois. Eric, how you doing, man? You're on with AJ Allmendinger and Nate Ryan. What's your question? Uh, hello, I'm, do- I'm doing uh, pretty good. Um, my question was um, with the, um, obviously with the change between Gen 6 and Gen 7, what's the biggest difference in how the cars draft on the super speedway tracks and how the runs uh, change? So what has yeah. been the difference, AJ, from drivers you've talked to and the feel that they've had? Well, I, I, my biggest thing it, it, in you, it seems like you really have to lay back to get a big run. You know, the the, the old, especially with the the big spoilers on it, like you could be pushing and you'd get huge runs without really even having to get pushed. You would just get sucked up on a car and you could make the move. Now you see these cars really having to lay back, get pushed. Uh, especially when that pack went down to about 22 cars, mm-hmm. that second and especially that third lane never moved. So these cars just feel like that you need more help, you need more more momentum being pushed than before, and track positions probably more crit- critical than we've ever seen at a super speedway race. Yeah, we heard Ryan Blaney say that afterward, AJ, that you know, like he couldn't get over like how difficult it was to pass people. And there's a guy who's obviously really skilled at super speedway racing and Fords traditionally they've been really good with bump drafting I think they still were Sunday but it seemed like the organization was a lot more difficult to make happen with the manufacturer alliances and you know we were just talking about this that the next gen kind of eliminates the side draft and that was intended because NASCAR wanted to kind of take away the aerodynamics on the mile and a Hmm. half tracks and I think they've had success there, but it, it does change the racing a little bit at Talladega and Daytona. It really does because the side draft was enormously critical to how you'd make moves. And, and I felt like you could see Eric Jones, it, it showed that when he got to the outside lane, he kept trying to side draft and it just doesn't actually slow the car down. Right. So I think that's the biggest difference with this next-gen cars. The side draft doesn't really do anything. And even on the, the racetracks that I've been on, the road courses in the in the like Phoenix, you get next to somebody, usually try to slow them down a little bit. It just doesn't do anything with these cars. So I think that's what makes these runs so hard is you can't side draft, pull off them, slow that car down, and gain that momentum. Everybody's just kind of stalled out when they get side-by-side. So are we seeing a trend here, sort of to Nate's point, 
You know, you speak to any Hamlin and Joey Logano, you could kind of count on the guys being up front at these super speedway races. They really haven't been a player at all. Is that the trend we're going to see moving forward with this new car at the super speedway tracks? Well, I mean, I think everybody's just learning on the fly, you know, and, and it's not to say that we don't go to Daytona and the teams have figured out the car a little bit more. Maybe NASCAR makes a, a few changes to try to make the racing better. But from what I've seen at Daytona and especially now at Talladega, it's more on the crew chiefs to make strategy. I mean, Bubba Wallace, perfect example, right? Running up front, kind of dictating the field, won a stage, and the way that, that the strategy played out on those, those uh, pit stops, next thing you know, he's back 15th to 20th. We never yeah. saw him again. And I think all the teams saw that. I mean, the 43 team, I don't even know if they changed left side tires by the end of the race, right? <laughs> yeah. They knew they had to stay up front. Right. So that's what I think we're going to see a little bit more of, especially early on when we go back to Daytona and, and Talladega. Let's go to Justin in Mississippi. Justin, you're on with A.J. Allmendinger. What's your question? Uh, hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, <clears throat> my question is, I'm I'm a lifelong Kevin Harvick fan, and uh, it's it's been tough watching him go through this long, windless streak that he's going through right now. And uh, my question is, do you guys still think he has what it takes to get back to victory lane as a uh, I know he's under contract through this season and next season, and uh, I feel like his career is slowly coming to an end. And uh, I just keep thinking back to, you know, Jimmy Johnson, the last three years of his career, he didn't win, and I never saw that coming. And I just wondered if you guys think he has what it takes to get to victory lane. What do you think, AJ? Well, I'm never going to discount Kevin Harvick, right? Like, I mean, (laughs) he's so good. To a certain degree, it's you bring up Jimmy Johnson, and you know the other cars for the most part were winning at Hendrick. So yeah, it was kind of shocking as we saw Jimmy not winning. Stuart Haas Racing, it's not like they're getting a lot of victories, and and Kevin's just not the one winning them, right? right. Like it's right. they've struggled as a company from a couple years ago trying to learn this new car, and then even last year they just lost a bit, and the whole organization is kind of suffering. We've seen Kevin do his thing still, where he's still inside the top 10 for the most part. Uh, He's had some good runs at at some of these racetracks. So I think as Stuart Haas Racing figures it out, Kevin Harvick's going to win the races. But it's as a company right now, it's not just on Kevin. Yeah, I I would not despair, Justin. Like, I I have a feeling he's going to win another race before his career ends. He's, He's signed through next year as well. I just think... And he's way far ahead of where he was last year. I mean, a year ago, we were talking about how many counts of downforce the number 4-4 was and how off they were, places like Atlanta. Uh, This year, I think, second at Richmond, I think he's run better. To AJ's point, like, Stuart Haas racing aside from Briscoe hasn't really been up front in in winning races. And I just don't think this is a sweet spot of the schedule right now for Kevin Harvick. I mean, we know his feelings about the dirt race. Uh, I don't really think he was looking forward to going to <laughs> Bristol. Um, he's, a, he's a decent super speedway racer, but I wouldn't put him in the Logano, Blaney, Hamlin category at, at Talladega. I wouldn't have expected him to win this weekend. You know, I, I think that we'll, we'll see how things go from here. I, I still think he wins a race this year and, and probably again next year. And I would argue some very good Kevin Harvick racetracks coming up, Dover, Kansas. Yeah. You can kind of go through yeah. the list and places he should be good. Let's go to Texas where we find Tom. Tom, what's going on? Welcome to Motormouse. What's on your mind? Thanks a lot, Marty. How y'all doing? We're good, bud. Good, what's man. happening? Not a whole lot. I have uh, two things to tell y'all. That Justin Algar, he got robbed of a never good run because of fuel. 
that poor boy just can't buy a break. And uh, Kyle Larson and Bubba getting together, it was a crazy tally finish. But I feel for Justin. Is he ever going to get it turned around? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, AJ I mean, hopes yeah. maybe not. I, I, I'm, I'm like, for for my own, you know, sake, I, I hope he doesn't because when he does, he's really fast. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, that's the problem at Talladega. We we, we pitted with um, whatever it was to go, and it's like, okay, if we don't get a lot of overtime, everybody's fine on fuel. Right. And it's. <laughs> My, my crew chief, Bruce, his voice got a little higher every time the caution came out. Each caution was like, okay, shut, save some fuel. Save, and it was by that third overtime, his voice was really high. Like, we really need to save some fuel. So I felt like Justin actually had a great shot at Talladega. I knew he was going to be tough to beat. But uh, as a whole, JRM is really fast. Noah has two wins. We've seen Sam running up front. We know Josh Berry's really fast. I have been shocked a little bit that that seven car has been off, at, mm-hmm. especially at certain, like Richmond, I was surprised how much Justin struggled there. Uh, but, yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah. You had a front row seat, unfortunately, when he ran out of fuel. It wasn't even front row. <laughs> it yeah. was, the problem, it was yeah. side. So I thought yeah. Justin was just playing a game with me and trying to get me get penalized for trying to jump the start. Next thing I knew, the nine car was passing me. I thought, <laughs> well, that's not good. I probably need to get to the throttle here. <laughs> Let's go to Dylan in Florida. Dylan, what's up, man? There's, there's, by the way, yeah. the replay. There yeah. you go. I thought he was just playing again. I was like, and they were like, oh, oh green. And I was like, oh, oh, oh God. Like, <laughs> yeah, this isn't a game. Opportunity. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's going to lead this race. Because you're keying off what he's going to do, yeah. right? Yeah, and, the, and the thing yeah. is, is, is if I launch and the seven doesn't launch, I'm getting penalized because at that time, Justin Allgaier was the leader. He was dictating the restart. Mm. So I couldn't see. I thought he was just trying to play a game. He wasn't. He was out of the field. Really? Where'd you go? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dylan, sorry about that. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, doing good. How are you guys? Good, bud. Good. What's on your mind? Thanks for having me on. Just a couple of things. Um, seen some people on Twitter talking about kind of obviously got these people from NASCAR Dippin' Sauce and I guess uh, some reporters, Jeff Club and all that. Um, well, a couple of things. Uh, everyone's been talking about the way Larson was racing at the end of the race, um, sharing those videos and whatnot. Um, Denny Hamlin stuff. It's just kind of brought to my attention, like um, talking about it with friends and stuff. He's not been running the way he was last year, and just kind of seeming a little reckless, you know, this season. Um, and other thing too, just uh, I've not been the biggest Ross Chastain fan, re- respectfully. Um, just watching him race over the last few years, uh, I-, I saw him make some moves in Xfinity and Cup that I thought were, you know, on the topic of reckless. I, I just really kind of rubbed me the wrong way but um i mean i, I respect yesterday um aside from him kind of sitting in the middle of the pack you know when everyone was coming um aside from that move i, I do respect that he was patient at the end there and if anything i think i'm lost the reckless one at the end so i appreciate that and i hope that he uh kind of continues to develop being more patient uh less aggressive driver Appreciate that, Dylan. So he kind of mentioned a few things there, AJ. He was, number one, talking about this move from Kyle Larson being reckless. I don't know if it's reckless. I mean, the, the blocks seem to be more significant with this car, but they seem to be that way even before this car. The last couple of years in super speedway racing, well, they've I been think, aggressive. Yeah, I, I honestly, unfortunately, Kurt and, and Bubba got the worst end of that deal. That, to me, wasn't reckless. I don't think Kyle ever looks in his mirror that, that Kurt's got to run, and by that point, the spotter is focused on Eric Jones, most likely. Yeah. And Kyle's just trying to make a move to win the race. 
Unfortunately, Kurt had already got there, mm-hmm. and that's where the contact came from. But I, that, that to me, wasn't a malicious move to try to block Kurt Busch. Right. Right. I'm sure Kyle's just trying to time it out, never even looking in his mirror saying, this is the move I'm going to make. And unfortunately, there was contact. Now, I get it, like it, at Fontana with the, the block on his teammate, yeah, Chase yeah. Elliott. That was a little bit on edge there. Um, so I, I think Kyle's pushing a bit. You know, it's a new car. He's the champ. Uh, he's he hasn't won a race yet this year. He's only had, you know. He did win he Fontana. Did win. Yeah, he won oh, he did win Fontana. He won Fontana. that race. Way through the See, block. that's what happens. I was flying. <laughs> After he took out Chase. Yeah, you're right. My bad. I, I take that back. I've had a lot of races this year so far. I'm trying to remember everything that's <laughs> trying going Trying to keep on. them all straight. So he right? does have a win, but, you know, he's, I mean, it seemed like he won 25 races last year. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it was that close. So he's probably pushing a bit, but... And I think, like we were talking earlier, he's pressing a little bit because he's never been at the front yeah. in a super speedway race. I mean, you were saying earlier, that's his first top five. It was very new for him. Yeah, yeah. he's not like used that. to being in that situation. So I think he classified that, Kyle Larson classified that move as not reckless, but certainly a mistake. It's yeah. one he wished it, he could have had back. It, that wasn't, you know, and, and then on the topic of, of, of Ross, you know, Ross is, he's still going to make tough moves, but, you know, Bentley, you know, and as, as I said, I was on the end of it at Coda, <laughs> but... Where he's come from over the last couple of years to where he is now, I mean, he's he's doing a great job. And, you know, I told Nate this earlier. When I was chasing him down at Coda, I thought, man, I might be trying to chase down the champion this year. Hmm. That's how good wow. that track house and he's doing. Is he maybe the, the lead pick for the championship? I wouldn't go that far yet, but he's not a dark horse anymore. No, there's I only think two he's, guys with two victories. He, I think he's, Byron. He's, I mean, and he's been good. This he's been good down, everywhere. Uh, April 25th, <laughs> yeah. 2022. AJ said possible champion Ross Chastain. Hey, when we come back, a guy would love to see him win the championship. His owner, Justin Marks, will join us. We'll also talk about the proper way to celebrate a race win with Mr. Marks. There he is with his Pink Floyd shirt on. See you in a minute, Justin. ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Honda HRC rider Jet Lawrence, the 18-year-old sensation, came into this race in Gillette Stadium, Foxborough, Massachusetts, knowing that he could clinch his first Monster Energy AMA 250 East title, and he did. He didn't win the race, but he didn't need to. Dominated this year's series to get that AMA number one plate. Ricky, I think what people want to hear from you, what they want to know is how good is this kid? Oh, he's so much fun to watch. He's great, has amazing bike skill, and it's fantastic to watch his progression throughout the year and him evolve as a champion. He's got a bright future in front of him, and I can't wait to watch this kid's career. He came back in his typical style from uh, a little lower down after the start to blast through to become champion and share the spoils with his team. The West Coast 250 title could be decided next week in Denver. Make sure you check that out this weekend. Uh, AJ, last time I checked, Jet was 18, isn't he? Um, I guess you can have champagne in the in celebration. As long as it doesn't, go in, yeah. as long as it doesn't go in your mouth. Yeah. I guess. yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. not imbibing. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Safe, that's a good point, Nate. Thank yeah. you. Uh, that's how young 18-year-old Jet Lawrence celebrated. This is how Justin Mark celebrated this morning. Carpool. There, there it is. That is proper right there. I love it. 
<laughs> Girls, giving you a little number one. Uh, what we need to know from the team owner, though, Justin Marks, is did that come with a big woo like that? You know how you do it in Victory Lane? Did the girls oh, do yeah. a woo when they did the number one? Oh yeah, yeah. We pr- we practiced <laughs> we practiced on the way to school. So when they're uh, if they ever get to be there, you know, in in uh, in person, they'll know what to do. That's awesome. Hey, congrats on win number two. All right, let's be honest. I know you said in the media center you didn't really expect two wins, much less before the month of May, right? I mean, it's not something that was in the plans of Trackhouse at the beginning of the year, was it, Justin? Well, I mean, it's certainly in the plans to build an organization that can compete for wins. I just think it's, you know, obviously it just has has happened so quickly. And I I think it's a testament to the fact that we've got – you know, 130 people that work for this company that that are all thinking about this car the same way. They're all seeing it as a blank can blank canvas as an opportunity, um, and we've just really been investing in each other and investing in the culture. and And I think that with this new car and with this new era in the sport, if you've got a group of people that are motivated, cohesive, really enjoy their jobs and are positive, like that translates to speed and execution on Sunday. So. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's it, this is too much hard work, and it's too risky, and it costs way too much money to come and think that you know you're you're building something just to be here also, or just to try to get top twenties or something like that. We're really, really working hard to building building a race winning organization. All right, Justin, I have a real question, but I got to slide one in real quick on the music front. Pink Floyd, The Wall, <laughs> is there any significance or symbolism to Pitbull's no. co-owner no, here wearing just... a Pink Floyd shirt? No, okay. No, I actually just didn't didn't know I was wearing it. I'm going out to dinner tonight with some friends, and this is a party shirt. <laughs> All right, right on. Um, so I know you got asked yesterday about preparing for the playoffs. I know you said, hey, we're, we're still just taking this one week at a time. We haven't had conversations about that yet. But, I mean, Ross Chastain now has two wins. So I, I think you'd almost get to the point where he's, he's going to make the second round at this point. At what point do you start focusing on making sure – that those final 10, you can really make a charge because it seems like you're going to have a significant opportunity to really go for a title here. Well, yeah, I mean, look, we, we playoffs, championship, you know, those just are not words that we use in the company right now. It's just because I, I think we all realize that, that you know, big runs of momentum can end. Um, there are other teams that are struggling that can find their way and, and, and start, you know, ripping off a lot of wins. And so, you know, I think honestly, it sounds cliche, but it really, really is is true that we we just focus on trying to do a good job week in and week out. And I don't think that we'll actually start talking about the playoffs until Daytona or what, you know, until the twenty six are over and and and, it, and it's right in front of us. But I mean, there's just still so much racing to go. We got to get the ninety nine in victory lane. Uh, there's just a lot of work for us left to do, and I, I just say, you know, we can't forget what sort of got us here. And it's the fact that we just we're doing really good work Monday through Friday in the race shop. I mean, it's just it's all about Dover this week, and next week will all be all about Darlington and on and on. So, playoffs, championship is is uh, that's just not really something that's in our in our minds right now. So, Justin, you 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 talk about the '99 team and, and Daniel Suarez. You know that was your your. Your guy last year, your one and only driver, and you bring Ross Chastain on. So, I guess as a team owner, and this is what I've always had thoughts of, is as you get competitive drivers in the team. You know, Daniels ran up front and just had some bad luck. But you yep. know, what's the morale like on Daniel's side of it? And with the '99 team, obviously everybody wants, you know, is happy when the organization wins. But trying to keep that morale up on on the side of the '99 team. 
Yeah, I mean, that's where the challenge is. And AJ, you and I have both done enough racing in our careers to know what comes with multi-car, you know, organizations. And, and when one, one team wins and the other one doesn't, that it's, you know, it's difficult psychologically. I, I called Daniel or texted him last night and I said, look, I'd be way more worried, Daniel, if you were running 20th every week and just couldn't figure out how to get into the top 15. I was like, but in both of Ross's wins this year, you know, the 99 was, was just as good, if not better. I mean, I think the 99 was the best car we had, you know, in the series in Texas, down in Austin. And so, you know, it's like, look, the performance is there. We have to be patient. Our day is coming. You know, we got to get a little bit of luck to go our way with the 99 and, and just put one of these things together, but they've got the speed to do it. So, it's just a matter of, of being patient and making sure that, that I go to those guys and say, you know, what can I do to help? And anything that I can do to help you guys, um, I'm here to do it. But but they, they basically look right back at me and say, you've given us everything we need. We just need a little bit of luck and we need to execute. Hey, Justin, we've seen it on our graphics so far here in the show since you've been on. Let's talk about the new car. You were a big advocate of it. It's honestly one of the reasons that you're an owner at this point. You also are a former driver. So could you ever have imagined that there would be a car that would win a race at a road course and then go win a race at a super speedway? And what kind of testament is that to this new car that it can run both places and win races? Well, I mean, I, I saw I saw that as a real opportunity when I learned about what this car was. I mean, you know, how it's built, who's building the parts, the fact that it's 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 a common platform across all the different racetracks. We got independent rear suspension, transaxle, we're bringing kind of the same bodies. You know, like in theory, um, it's it's not that surprising because it's the kind of racing I came out of. I mean, and, and that AJ is very familiar with. I mean, in sports car racing, you, you have kind of one car for the whole season. You got to make it work everywhere, whether that's Daytona or Lime Rock or and everything in between. And and I think with this car, there's just not that much we can do to make the car specifically a Talladega car, specifically a short track car, specifically a, a road course car, like we could in years past, especially like six or eight years ago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, just like I said, it's a testament to the platform, to what they've designed and what they've built here. It's uh, proof of concept for NASCAR. And honestly, for us to build a, a you know a business that's going to work for a long time to come, it just kind of has to be that way. I got 46 Gen 6 chassis sitting in my shop right now. 46. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, we got to be past those days. Yeah, what are you going to do with them? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm going to... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I got to figure You're it figuring, out. You can convert them to an Xfinity car. You, there, you can figure out something to do with them. So well, I'm trying to get more. Um, I'm trying to get more creative. If we do, like maybe make some cool track day cars, or or we go, you know. Sure. Know. There's all kinds of ideas. Just call AJ. He's got I mean, all kinds of ideas. Forty-six for of them. You start your own series, man. Be the track house <laughs> there series. You go. Yeah, come on, AJ. That's Let's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's grab a couple phone calls before you head out of here. Uh, Justin, let's go to Caleb in Georgia. Caleb, you're on with Justin Marks. Have at it. Hey, Justin, just wanted to say congratulations to you and Ross on winning at Talladega yesterday. It was so amazing. Got to watch it in victory lane. Uh, just curious question. Of, uh, crap, what was my question? Oh, right here it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, what was going through your mind on the last lap? How did you feel when Ross Chastain let the last lap of the race? Well, th thank you. I mean, I, I felt, uh, I mean, it's amazing. Honestly, it, it was basically all just, just nerves until about 15 feet before the start finish line. I was watching it with my buddy in the bus and I hit him on the arm at the white flag and I said, watch, we're going to wreck or we're going to win this thing. And because you just never, you just never know 
these things always come down to the stripe. So it was just, it was a little bit of nervous tapping and just watching and waiting. By the way, Caleb with perhaps the call of the year to that point. So that was awesome, Caleb. Good job, buddy. Uh, let's go to Jordan in Michigan. Jordan, you're on with Justin Marks. Go ahead, bud. Thanks for taking my call, and congratulations, Justin. Hey, I have a question. Um, you are speaking about sports car racing here a little bit ago. Would you ever think about uh, fielding a sports car team in the future? Maybe you can sign AJ. <laughs> well, thank you. I um... – I, man, those GT3 Corvettes are looking pretty sweet, the ones that are coming down the pipe. And I've been fortunate enough to be, be teammates with AJ at the 24 Hours Daytona, and he's got a lot of speed at that place. So that sounds that sounds good. I would say that, that um, you know, Trackhouse is – I would like to, to grow this company. I, I mean, I'd like to scale this company over time. And if that means there's opportunities for us in other series, I 100 um, percent would like to do it. I think, you know, it just has to be the right opportunity with the right partners – um, there's this little track up in Indiana that they race at in the end of May that I just keep kind of going back to in my head, find a way there with this track house brand. Hey, uh, Justin, uh, we, we saw, well, last night, I know you went directly from Talladega to Nashville. We saw that you were there for carpool today with, with your daughters. And now we know you're in a hotel in the Charlotte area tonight. Uh, about to go out to dinner. Um, what's the life of a NASCAR team owner these days like where you've got some of your home base in Nashville, some in Concord, North Carolina? Are you are you shuttling back and forth? And was this a planned trip or is it just part of your weekly sort of Tuesday or Monday debriefs that you come to the shop? Yeah, I mean, it's so what does life look like? I mean, it's it's just a lot of um, it's a lot of balance. I mean, the challenge really has been in balancing work and, and family. And obviously, I'm really fortunate to be able to to get where I need to get to when I need to get there. And that's really important because I have to be present in the race shop. I have to be present with my wife and my kids uh, and I got to be at the races. So, so it's just kind of the grind. And I've just asked everybody in my life that's close with me to, to, to take this ride with me and to be patient and know that I'm, I don't have it all figured out. It's not, I'm not great at it yet, but, uh, but I'm learning alongside everybody else. So, um, so that's kind of what that is. And then honestly, I, I, you know, I do try to be here every single week. It's important to be present in the shop. It's important to have a personal relationship with everybody that works at the company, to be seen, to listen uh, to what anybody on the floor or in the administrative offices has to say. And honestly, I love it. I mean, if I'm not at home with my family, I want to be in the race shop. I want to be around the race cars. So it's, it's just it's not a chore, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an ask, a big ask of the, of the loved ones that are close to you. Uh, one more phone call before you go to dinner. Let's go to Marvin in Ohio. Marvin, you're on with Justin Marks. Go ahead, Marvin. Hey, Justin, it's Marvin. Congratulations on your win at Talladega, brother. Thank you. So, Justin, after two successful victories, we're heading to Miles the Monster at Dover Motor Speedway. How poised and determined are you guys to get another victory, and when can we see Pitbull at a NASCAR race uh, soon? <laughs> Well, I mean, honestly, if, if the work that everyone's doing, the cars that we're bringing to the racetrack, I mean, I think a win can can come at any time. I mean, I, I think uh, we're all we always have an opportunity. I'm really excited about Daniel's opportunity this weekend. Dover statistically is his best racetrack. He loves he loves it there, um, and he goes super fast. So, I think we can have a really really good weekend with the 99 car and. And uh, Pitbull's just about to go on tour, and we're coordinating schedules. He, he's, he's upset that he's missing these wins, and he wants to get back to the racetrack. So if our schedule lines up with his, uh, he'll be there for sure. Hey, Justin, I have to tell you, my arm is a little sore because when you mentioned Indy 500, somebody to my left hit me in the arm. You know, that might be his shot. So I have candidate number one. 
in okay. case you need a candidate for that ride. <laughs> Fair. Be a great one. Yeah, sure. no, I'll get five percent. Yeah. You're going to get five percent of that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Nice. <laughs> he would take the ride. I'm just saying, if you wanted to do that, you know, it would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. They need a thirty-third card this year. Give us sponsorship. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I mean, he, Justin's not really doing anything this year. I mean, let's add that yeah. to it. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Listen, his seatbelt yeah. stay oh, buckled a few year. years ago. He wins that race. Yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. So, hey, man, congratulations. Enjoy dinner tonight. Enjoy celebrating. Always good to hang out with you. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. All right, Justin Mark joining us. It is always fun to hang out with Justin. See, I tried to get you a ride. Adrian. No, no, I, I like that. I, I only have 49 races this year. Let's keep adding it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm just going to keep adding to your stuff. So, so what happened on the last few laps at Talladega? AJ is going to break it down for us, both the Cup and Xfinity race. Also, we'll hear from some drivers throughout the field. That's next here on Motor Mouse. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. So grateful all these race fans out here. We're at Talladega, baby. Damn, I'm supposed to race the, the Wendy's Biggie Bag 62 Cup car tomorrow in the, in the cup race, but Talladega Boulevard sounds a lot better right now celebrating. One badass team, badass big crew. And let's go celebrate, maybe get some beads, and uh, maybe throw some out too. We'll go have some fun tonight, baby. Woo! Uh, just a push there at the end. You know, everyone spreads apart, and it's really hard to build a, a, a run by yourself without someone up out the back. I'm living a dream here, and I'm, I'm so thankful to get this opportunity. Felt a little short, but, you know, hopefully this will lead to a lot more to come in the future, and I'll forever be grateful for this opportunity. I'm always the one going to the top too early and making the mistake, and there at the end, it was like eight to go, and I was like, I'm not going up there again. I did that a couple times today, and uh, I was like, I'll just ride in the bottom. I'm not going to lose the race for us. I'll just let them. I have no idea. They just kept, they kept going up. And they, they just kept moving out of the way. Pitbull Armando, we won, dude! Pretty near perfect job for me at a super speedway until the, the last you know, lap there. I should have, like, I think, you know, just kind of faked going high and then went back low. I just, I had that run, and honestly, the first time I've had a legit shot at winning a plate race in the Cup Series, so um, happy about that. You know, defending the five, I probably would have just stayed on the bottom. I didn't realize the bottom was coming with that much uh, momentum. And I don't know, Rick was probably telling me my spotter. Stay engaged with the five. These guys don't get too far out. Three back, two back, half back. Here comes the big energy. One back, quarterback, gonna have to block. Quarterback, block top. I just probably, I was in my own world, right? You're trying to do what you can see, and you're also trying to listen to him, but it's frustrating. But um, you work that hard for. 500 miles and it comes down to the last few thousand feet and um, <laughs> it's tough. You know, it's a good shot for us to win. I feel like we can win in other places, but uh, this was definitely a day I felt like we had a car that could have won. Boy, you got to feel for Eric Jones there and, and he's probably right. I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier they've been running well this year, AJ, but he knows that was his best shot maybe between now and Daytona. Yeah, no to doubt. Pull it off. Yeah, I mean, it's when you're leading and you see, you see <laughs> the finish line there, and you don't get there first. 
I mean, it, it's tough to take. There's no doubt. Sure. And, and I'm sure he went back and he's watched the video. I'd have done the same thing. I've done the same thing. You watch the video. Like, man, I should have stayed low. But in that moment, he talked about it. He, you're not even listening to your spotter, really. You're, you're watching your mirror, seeing the run coming, and you know the five is going to go high because that's the only place he can go. Eric Jones was on the line. Problem was he didn't realize how much of a run that Ross had, too. And with these cars, they just get so stalled out so quick. So as soon as he made that move, he lost his speed, and Ross was there to take it. When I'm watching that replay and I see Jones get so far out and his spotters tell him, don't get too far yeah, out. Yeah, Corelli saying, don't get yeah, it, don't get out there. It immediately made me think of Parker Kligerman had a great tweet this weekend. It might have been during your race. It was either Saturday or Sunday where he said the most important part of a speedway race is using the brake to control things. Mm. And, like, that, that's got to be so counterintuitive when you've got this win that's going to get you in the playoffs and you've got half a lap to go and suddenly you've got that big gap and they're telling you, hey, slow down. <laughs> Don't get too far out in front of Larson and Chastain. For sure. And, and I think we're going to go study these last few yeah. laps. And it's, but we'll, we'll see. The reason he gets out in the lead is something that wasn't really his doing. The pack gets separated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I had the same thing happen to me this year at Daytona. And that's how the 21 car got around me because I was watching the lines like, okay, I'm all right. Well, next thing you know, they get separated. It draws everybody back. And next thing you know, you look up and you're five car lengths up. Well, at that point, you can't hit the brakes now mm-hmm. because now it's too late. Now you got to ride it out and see what happens. And you just have to hope you make the right move. Well, I told you we were going to put you to work. So yep. we're going to play the last six laps of the cup race. And I want you to put your analyst hat on. Kind of walk us through all the right, wrong moves. At this point, Kyle Larson is leading. Not for long, though. Yeah, Here comes so, Eric Jones on the outside. So Eric had made this move, and this is what Ross talked about when he said he had made the wrong move by going high a couple of times. I thought Ross was going to go with the 43 hmm. up high. He doesn't. He stays now behind Kyle Larson. So for these six laps, or you know, up to this point now, this outside lane has been moving back and forth. In the past, we talked about the side draft and how big that was where you see the 43. The 24, William Byron was an amazing pusher yes, because he, he could get to the bumper. We saw a couple of times the 43 start wiggling. But at this point, if you're Kyle Larson, you're thinking, okay, this run has been happening back and forth. They can't get near clearing me. So you feel good if you're Kyle Larson. But the 24 keeps pushing the 43. At this point now, Eric Jones has got to make a decision. Now I have the lead. Do I stay up here because this is what got me to lead or do I go to the low lane? He tries there. I thought at that point, when he made that move, I thought, oh, that was the one chance. I don't think it's going to happen. Now Kyle starts thinking, am I going to start blocking this lane at this point? But watch William Byron. And now you can see, actually, there's more cars on the outside than Mm -hmm. the inside lane. That's what was needed compared to the past where you could get a few good cars on the outside and make that outside move work. You needed more cars on the outside lane than the inside lane. So at this point, the inside lane's still tied up, but you can see there, there's about seven, eight cars on the inside. There's about 10, 11 on the outside. So the outside lane is still moving. But at this point, Ross is pushing Kyle Larson. William Byron is stuck to Eric Jones. And they've been trying and trying and trying to get in front of the five, and he can't make it happen. But here is where they finally do make it happen. I think it's with this run down the backstretch. And the way this happens is because... The one kind of separates a little bit. Eric Jones drags back to the 24. That's how the 24 gets to the 43. They keep playing this game. Mm-hmm. At this point, nobody's still making a move. If you're Kyle Larson, you kind of want to be dragging the brake a little bit 
keeping attached to the one car, but we see that, that little bit of gap now, and it comes down to the nine, the 12, Ryan Blaney, you got Chase Elliott there. They're pretty tight. Now we see, I thought at this point, now it may be over because Bubba tried to make the third lane work at this point. Nobody goes with him. Yeah, it was the move down the front stretch that got Eric out enough. Now he's out far enough. Now AJ. he gets to the lead, and this is where it starts separating. We see Justin Haley get put in the middle. It's four wide. The cars get stacked up. Now the 43 sees the mirror, and this is where you feel kind of good if you're Eric Jones. You're thinking, okay, the outside lane, his spotter is telling him there's nothing happening on the outside lane right now. So now Eric's just got to say, okay, I got to stay attached to Kyle Larson. You see Ross kind of laying back a little bit right there. But at this point, we see there now it's three wide. There's mm-hmm. no runs happening on the outside. You feel okay. Now it's Eric Jones's job to focus on, okay, I just got to watch my mirror. Denny Hamlin runs out of field there. Now it's all inside. There's nothing happening in the outside lane. Now it's about trying to not get too far out of the lead if you're Eric Jones. Too early for Larson and Chastain to make a move here with two to go? Yeah, at this point, if you're Kyle Larson, all you're trying to do is plan, okay, am I going to make the move on the back straightaway? Do I want to go early? Or do I want to make it on the front straightaway? This is what's different about Talladega. Most of the time, if you're at Daytona, you're going to make the move down the back straightaway. That's when it has to happen. But with Talladega and the start-finish line being so much further down past the tri-oval, Kyle Larson, at this point, he's just hoping, okay, I hope another lane doesn't get a run here because... I'm in the perfect spot. I'm going to keep backing up to Ross Chastain. And you know Ross is going to push Kyle Larson because that's the only chance that Ross is going to mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. as we come to the white flag here. But if you're, if you're Kurt Busch or William Byron, you've got to think, I've got to do something different. I'm not going to win the race here in fourth. Yeah, but it, at this point, everybody's starting to figure out into one, okay, they're going to start trying to drag the brakes. You're going to start trying to make a run. I think Justin Haley there is trying to drag the brakes, but unfortunately Austin Dillon moves them up out of the way. So once again, the outside lane isn't happening so eric jones is feeling pretty good now you see the car starting to get a little antsy there's a run on the outside william byron jumps out there he's going to wait for the push to happen on the outside lane but this point eric jones is still doing a great job this is where it goes wrong for eric jones Mm. you see kurt separate the one car there kyle larson sees the one car ross chastain gets separated he says okay this is my chance i'm going to drag the brake now Eric Jones, before he even realizes it, has five car lengths. At this point, he's got to make a move. Mm. And I think Kyle Larson would really have a shot to win this race, except Kurt Busch got to the outside of him. And when it did, they touch. They touch. Right. That kills Kyle Larson's momentum. Eric Jones goes for the block. Ross has got all that momentum. Clears him on the inside. The C's part. Ross that was awesome. Wins. That was Thanks. fun, really, man. That was really, really cool, to, really walk, cool. to walk us through that. So, I, you know, I, I think Kurt is, is making, you know, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with you that, that Larson's making that move to block the one. I think he sees the 45. Does that, he's, are you, see, are you I, thinking I, the I 45? Don't think so. I, I, don't, yeah. I, I personally don't even think Kyle Larson ever sees the 45. Right. Well, what's his move for then? He's making the move to try to pass Eric Jones. To try and go so around he, so this point, okay. Yeah. So at this point... Not necessarily well, to block and, and the what, one. And what Larson said was he thought that Chastain was going high. Okay. So he was he was anticipating that Chastain... That's where he was saying that Chastain kind of had, had juked him a little bit. And Chastain claims he didn't do that. But if you watch the replay, <laughs> it does look like he kind of tilts the wheel a little bit. And that was just enough to send Larson high. And then when Larson started to go high, that's when Jones went high. And that's how... 
Chastain just went straight to the And that goes back to a point that a little nuancey thing, AJ, is that Kyle Larson admits it, and Martin Truex Jr. played this game, who had never really run up front that much in a super superior race. He's never been in that position before, really. He's never been up front that late, that race, you know, that late in a super speedway race to understand how the, 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 you know, the pack moves and where the energy's coming from and all of that. Yeah, I mean, you think about Kyle Larson and everything that he's won, not just in NASCAR. You think how good Kyle Larson is. So in a way, I, I mean, even I feel like sometimes you think, well, Kyle doesn't have much to learn, right? I mean, yeah. like he's, he's great at everything he does, but that's one thing. I, I mean, I saw the stat during the race. He's never had a top five until right. until now. Yeah. And that's one of those things that, like, you don't even think about Kyle Larson. But I understand what he's talking about because in the Xfinity side of it, like, the when I used to run Cup and I had great runs at Daytona, mm-hmm. I had some good runs at Talladega, but I never ran up front to get them. I laid at the back because I knew we didn't have enough speed and I had to time the run at the right time coming to the checker to the last couple of laps. Well, on the Xfinity side of it, that's what I'm trying to learn how to do is run up front and judge those runs. I'm getting better, but I still haven't won yet. So Kyle's got to learn that, and, and it's just experience that he gains for the next time. It's a tough game to figure out, it isn't really it? It really is. And, and he admitted after the race, what did he say, Nate? He said, pretty good for me. I mean, yeah, I didn't right, know what I was right, doing. I was kind of right. feeling my way through it. That was good stuff on the cup race. Let's look at the Xfinity final overtime no, we, restart. You have to do that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to do this, Aiden. Look, you finished top no. three. Come on. I got, uh, I got, we got a Dash for Cash 100K, too. There you so go. That's bad. good. Uh, this starts off with Allgaier running out of fuel, which he thought he was just playing around with yeah, you. Yeah, so, point. you know, for anybody that doesn't know the rule, Allgaier was the leader there. So if I launch in the zone before Allgaier goes, they can easily penalize me. They do it all the time. You have to be careful with that. So as Allgaier starts to what I thought was lay back, I'm thinking, oh, man, he's really trying to get me to jump jump the, the start here. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't realize that he was out of field. So the nine goes blown by me. Same thing. I'm like, okay, do I have enough of a run here? And, and it stalls out. These Xfinity cars, they can easily stall out. if you. It's like the old cup car, right? Like it stalls out. So at this point, I'm thinking, I feel pretty good where I'm at. I'm actually feeling better running second than I would be if I'm leading. So it's kind of the same deal. I'm thinking, where do I start to lay back? And I do not want an outside run to happen. So everything stays pretty calm. And, and as we go down the front straightaway here to take the white, I can see Ryan Sieg there running third. He blocks. That's Jeff Burton running fourth. Well, Jeffrey Earnhardt's on the outside there running fifth. The outside lane still hasn't got moving. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of still see this in my mirror. This is where it kind of goes wrong for me. Ryan Sieg moves up. Gets contact. Now watch it. It separates the field. Ah. Now, I'm, now I'm in no man's land to a certain degree. You have no pusher at all, do you? Now I see the three coming. He's got a really fast car. I'm like, <laughs> is Jeffrey going to go with me? Probably not. I'm going to block that once. Uh. I'm going to try to block it again <laughs> at this point. Oh, that was tight. So this is great for, for Noah. It, I've stalled out the runs. Now I get stuck in the middle and I'm just thinking I'm crashing 17 times in the last really 2,000 feet here. But because of what's going on, Jeffrey's getting no help. He's not going to have a run. So Noah's easily blocking that and I'm just hanging on. I think I've crashed there again. I think, I, I think I'm crashing here. But So Noah, it worked out perfect for him because there was never a huge run happening yeah. behind him. And as you could see all the action, Jeffrey, yeah. once he got to second, none of us could push him because we're all 
we were all crashing and nobody actually crashed. I think that last half lap, you went from second to, to third to sixth, back to fourth, back to third. And in, like, I, to crashing, yeah, crashing, crashing yeah. in the middle. And, and the, great, four the great thing is I'm going to use some of that $100,000 that we won for new underwear because <laughs> I definitely needed that on the last well, half a lap. So you told me this morning you still had knots in your stomach. Does watching it give you knots in your stomach? It or? does. My stomach hurts again. So <laughs> I really appreciate that. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like I'm decent at super speedway racing. But I've na- made no bones about it. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I have Especially no, Talladega. Yeah, I have no fun with it at all. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're honest about it. So, some good stuff there. Hey, when we come back, the other big news off the track this weekend, Kyle Busch and his contract situation. Our Dustin Long from NBCSports.com was all over it this weekend. Well, just, D- Dustin will join us next. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you have any sort of time frame for when you want your plans to be decided for next year? Yesterday. You're getting <laughs> antsy about it? I'm not getting antsy about it. If it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. Goodbye. So, goodbye is an option? Ask Joe Gibbs. Have you been knocking on his door about it? Not my problem. Is it their problem then, right? <laughs> Gotta sell it. If you don't sell it, then... Nothing to sell or nothing to have. So it's all about the sponsor. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's got to be frustrating, though, in this day and age. Mm, yeah. Uh, truck series is probably 95% kids with money. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that if you don't get anything from Gibbs, that there'll be somebody else out there that will land at? Probably not. Well, they're not going to let you go. They'll figure out something, won't they? Ask Joe Gibbs. So, would you retire rather than leave JGR? Really? I mean, what are we well, doing? You just, well, you just said to Bob, probably not. So I just want to clarify that. I don't want that to be mistaken. I would say I lost my ride. Wow. Interesting comments from Kyle Busch this weekend, Nate. Our Dustin Long was in Talladega from NBCSports.com all over it all weekend long. Uh, I don't even know where to start to begin to unpack that. Uh, What was Joe Gibbs' reaction to that, Dustin? Yeah, you know, Joe Gibbs was feeling confident that they could get, you know, hopeful that they could get something done. But, again, that's something that they've they've expressed. You know, Coy Gibbs talked to uh, the media after Kyle Busch's win at Bristol and was asked about uh, the sponsorship status and said that they were excited about the leads and the people they were talking to. So, um, you know, they they feel like things were coming together, but apparently it's not fast enough for, for Kyle Busch at this point. Uh, Dustin, I know you talked to David Wilson, Toyota Racing Development. What did he say about the whole situation? Yeah, David said that it's, uh, you know, the hope for, uh, for Toyota and for Joe Gibbs Racing that the soon-to-be 37-year-old Busch uh, retires with Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing. And he went on to tell me about Kyle when I asked David. He said, look, he's clearly a little frustrated, and that's understandable to a point. little disappointed that he voiced it, to be fair. 
and, but he knows, and he knows because Joe talks to him a lot of the time how hard we are collectively working to make sure that we have a place for him as long as he wants to stay. So he obviously, you know, Toyota wants to work with him. He's, he's been a big pillar with, with Toyota. And, uh, you know, we'll see if he, can, if he stays with Toyota. Dustin, obviously this kind of came out of nowhere, but, I mean, is there any idea that there, he could possibly go to a different manufacturer? If somebody wants him and wants to put him in play, they got to put together a big deal because I think he wants the money. Hey, show me the money. There you go. <laughs> Dustin, we appreciate the time, bud. Crazy stuff. We'll be back here Wednesday. You get the three of us as well. See you then. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.